0: Hello and welcome to Lost Art Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. I drink drinking some water. I <laughs> got you off guard there. Mm. <laughs> it's okay. Today we're, going to be, uh, today we're going to be talking about an interesting one. It's, uh, forget about the playlist for a minute. Um, yeah. This is about musicians, artists, singers, whatever, who have not just a side hobby, but something much more intense and much yeah. more serious than that. Either a side job, or uh, a huge high-level qualification in something, or yeah. a possibility of another career, if not an actual another career, or some artists who have actually given up music to become yep. uh, something different completely. Mm. Um, A lot of them do it... A lot of them, the ones that we've picked kind of do it on and off, and, co- and probably will go will give up one day and go to do this career, yeah. whatever it is, I think. It's an interesting one, because there was a lot of ones I found that... Uh, were more interesting than the other ones I thought would be more interesting. Yeah, you
1: know, like, I found a few, I found a few that were, uh, like I started off, like I remembered something about them, and I was yeah. like, okay, all right, you know, I'll, I'll do it about that. And I go looking at it, and I find out they are done something else as well that was ten times oh, yeah. more interesting.
0: I know, like, I found that as well. A few people, like, <laughs> I guess some people are just super talented at anything to put their hand. Most are things that they're interested yeah. in, they excel yeah. in. Yeah, like, I found those. So, I found one
1: here that I guarantee, I guarantee you, you can't be. In the top trumps, in the top trumps of artist side jobs, I found the fucking God tier side job. The God tier. And I found it completely and utterly by accident. I stumbled across it. It was literally one line and a little article I read. And I went, what the fuck? And then I went looking again. And I was like, holy fucking shit. (laughs) <laughs> like, holy
0: fucking shit. This is maybe, beyond. Maybe, maybe you have someone, maybe you have most of them be, there's one or two in here that I'm like, Whoa. big. Oh, fuck. There's, there's one well, there. Oh, let's deal with them. Well, let's deal with You see, but you know, what? I will say this, I stayed away from real estate. I yeah. Loads of them doing Boring. It. Loads of them, Boring. them Absolutely. What's a, uh, how how can you be good at real estate? I got loads of money and I put it into property. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's not interesting to me. It's great. It's a good. It's a good example. You know exactly. Yeah, uh, it's a good thing to do. There was a but few now, of them. Actually, yeah,
1: there was a few of them I looked at that yeah. definitely had uh, real estate ones. The most interesting one was actually Vanilla Ice. That's who? Right. Uh, but he's
0: different. He actually flipped houses himself, didn't he? Did he? Not, yeah. He, well, his his thing was renovation as well. Like he was in there himself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just like he just passes money onto. No. Uh, a guy who knew what to put it exactly. into. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of footballers and, and sports people do that. Of course, they're, yeah, they're in, yeah. Have a, They have a stock portfolio, but they couldn't really tell you what it is. Just yeah, exactly. But look, uh, who is your first choice? Tell me about what their side job is. First
1: one is very, very strange. And uh first one is Little John. Little John. Little John, right? Now, famous rapper, Little John. Yeah, exactly. Uh I, I just randomly came across this, uh, I didn't know anything about this. Uh, I, I, I had to do some. Uh, I had to do a bit of digging on it, and you'll know why I had to do a bit of digging on it now in a second, because it turns out that Little John produces porno movies. Does he? He does. Yeah. Um, Little John, in around two thousand and five, two thousand and six, entered into an agreement with uh, Vivid Entertainment, who were like the world's like top pornography manufacturer. Um, wouldn't wouldn't know. Yeah, well, couldn't tell you. Uh, but Vivid are like their fucking kings of porn. Like They just traditionally fucking... They, they would have been one of the driving forces in like DVD becoming big, VHS becoming big, all this kind of shit, you know, proper media-driven oh, fucking yeah. sales. Now, I don't know what they're doing now because I'm sure the internet... Like, porn now is just some fucking... Mom yeah the fucking bedroom
0: yeah, like as where the DVD industry was destroyed was it destroyed like that it,
1: yeah it was I fucking it insane was. it just turned to show it anyway. Kind of anyway once streaming became a thing for pornography it was oh, fucking yeah. over it was just over for, for, for porno DVDs and, VHs. and the great
0: storylines left us oh so. wonderful <laughs> ones
1: yeah the, and the millions they spent making stuff like pirates and all the people like, I know literally yeah. like <laughs> tens of millions of dollars to make pornos and then like within two years it's like man I literally need porn for like what maybe a minute and a half? I don't need an hour and a half of them. You know what I mean? And uh, I can get that for free after Give two it a or three. Give chance. Weeks.
0: Give it a chance. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> uh, but little anyway, John, little yeah. John went into went in went into partnership with Vivid, and not only that, he uh, he was involved in a company called what the fuck was this company called? I wrote it down here. They are called. I wrote this down. This is kind of important to the whole story. Motherfucker. Called, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it's not far off that uh legacy dvd works is the name of the company legacy dvd works and i he has a controlling stake in this company Um, they are a big um production company that work kind of under the umbrella of vivid as well so they do a lot of work for vivid and a lot of the other right. kind of porno companies but he has a controlling stake in this company <clears throat> so he was able to turn around the Vivid and say listen i have this fucking idea about you know porno where it's like uh uh, you know, we we, we uh, me and the Eastside Boys do a gig, and then a lot of the groupies uh, come backstage, <laughs> and we smoke weed, and then we go after the hotel. And you know, there's a lot of banging going on. And they were like, "That sounds fucking great, Little John." Uh When can we make it? And he was like, fucking make it tomorrow. So they banged out. They banged out one called uh, what the fuck was it called, Little John, the Eastside Boys American Sex Series. He has a load is of he, them actually. Is he in them, no, in some of them he's in there there's one apparently there's one where it's like uh it's like dragon's den or something like that where he's like he's kind of the host and uh right. there's like uh women having a crack at each other and, and women and men having a crack at each other and he's kind of sitting in a big chair directing them so he's like you know you know sucker <laughs> toes yeah yeah you know whatever yeah, and yeah um, yeah so he's <laughs> he's directing them telling them what to do but he put a bunch of them he's got there's one called uh uh, Little John's vivid Vegas party. Uh, he does the music for them as well. That's a big thing. He scores all of his own pornos, and uh, I think they're releasing so the soundtracks yeah, now.
0: Like, is it going to be funky though?
1: I don't know. I, I assume it's just hard because he's the king of crunk, isn't he? So it's going to yeah. be just fucking absolute bangers over absolute screaming, banging. Yeah,
0: screaming world is banging, <laughs> exactly, banging on yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, it sounds <laughs> like a horror show to be honest with you. Oh yeah, absolutely not. No. What's weird about this? The first person to do this was Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Put That's right. Yeah. Fucking yeah. years ago, and it was just called the Snoop Dogg's Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, and he put it out with Hustler. I seen this years ago. Someone gave it to me on VHS years and years ago when it came out, and it was grim as fuck. I always remember it being super grim. It was like uh,
0: did he just did he just did he just direct it or no he's, the name
1: on it? he's he's in it, but he's not riding or anything. Um, he's in it. The, the whole thing, if I remember correctly from Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, if I, if I remember everything correctly, and it's been a long time since I have seen this. It's like a pool party and there's like hundreds of people all dancing and fucking Snoop Dogg's walking around with like the pimp chalice and all this kind of shit. Oh, and yeah. then <laughs> randomly in different spots in the pool parties, there's just people banging and the camera is just kind of moving around. Well, like Snoop Dogg is kind of like, whatever, drinking Hennessy and so Chris like the Hugh Hefner and
0: there's a yes, camera there. Yes,
1: very much. Now this was made in conjunction with Hustler. They financed it. And uh, apparently that sold shit tons and loads of them. Um, what, what weird? It, it, it got weird in like the kind of mid two thousands that there was a massive. What's his huh? name? Larry Flint. Larry Flint. Nope, yeah. dog. I want you to walk around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with a chalice full of crunk. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> Yo Guess man, your you're, crunk dribble, chalice. you're dribbling
0: there, man. <laughs> exactly. oh, Larry, you're dribbling, man. What's <laughs> up with that? Why are you dribbling? My <laughs> <Nice> shoes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently but in the mid two thousands, there was this real weird crossover between uh, hip hop and porn. Right? It got it was, real yeah. big. Do you remember?
0: Basically, they just they just turned the camera on a party that they yes, would have been having normally. Very much so, right? Because a lot of those rap parties and stuff like that, like even if like N.W.A. said that their parties were disgraceful. Yeah, exactly. It was disgraceful Yeah.
1: Now, one of the weirdest things to come out with this was a magazine a magazine dedicated to porn and music. And this magazine was called Fish and Grits. (laughs) Fish (laughs) and Grits was the name of this magazine, right? (laughs) And I don't know how many fucking issues it ran for. I assume it doesn't exist anymore. But it was dedicated to music and porn and the crossover of music and porn. Which is batshit fucking mad. They're um, going back I to Little Wayne, it
0: got so so big that they had a, a magazine dedicated. To yeah, that cross.
1: It from. was everywhere. It was everywhere for a while. Uh, loads of rappers, like Fifty Cent and all, got involved. I think uh, Fifty Cent made like a, a music video for a song that was released on fucking DVD. And um, when you put the DVD in, you could hit like Naughty or Nice, and Nice was like edited, and
0: yeah. Naughty
1: was like full hardcore porn. Well, like Fifty Cent and his mates walking around, I really, rapping. Yeah, I
0: do remember this being a huge thing, and they were just yeah. trying to outdo each other with more yeah.
1: filth. Yeah, they just kept adding Dort on. <laughs> just kept <laughs> adding Thornton. Um, uh, Little John ended up suing Hustler magazine in Jesus 2008, I think it was, um, or maybe 2003. And in mid mid 2000s, he ended up having a big row with Hustler because they made they made a porno. Um, and again, this is around the time when like the whole hip hop and porn thing was huge. So, Hustler wanted to make one of these, or get involved in it, but they didn't want to pay money for someone like Little John, or whatever it was. So, they they made a movie called, um, what the fuck was it called? Fat. Oh, fuck. What was it called? Fat Tuesday, it was called. PH. (laughs) Fat Tuesday, it was called, yeah. And uh, basically, it was about these two girls that go to a Little John concert. And apparently, they actually went to a Little John concert and filmed bits of it. And then, they filmed bits of it. And then... They, uh, they took photos, the two girls took photos with a couple of random dudes and then they kind of superimposed Little John's face onto one oh. of the dudes and then they used this, the whole idea was that these two girls were going to make a backstage into a Little John gig or whatever and oh. they were riding each other and riding the lads and riding the boards back there. Now, Little John wasn't in it but because they had filmed bits at one of his gigs and like photoshopped his face onto a photo um, he got wind of this and he sold them for thirty million. Now we have settled out for 30. thirty million. I don't know what he settled for in the end, but he sold them for thirty million. Um, but yeah, he's he's like little John. done he's done a, he's done at least three or four for Vivid. And I think when he got involved in that uh, that Legacy DVD works, he might have been involved in a shit ton more, just as a, in a producer role. Um, but it turned out a load lot of rappers in the two thousands were getting involved. And um, they were getting involved in the in the porno mm-hmm. end of things because if they if they were down as producers, they were making a shit ton of money off it. And it was working out even if even if a DVD only sold I don't know 40,000 copies worldwide, they were still getting like half of the profit as fucking producers. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I am um, yeah. compared to making like ten cents a sale on the C D or five cents a sale on the C D. Um <clears throat> even with lower numbers selling the porn, they were making equal money. Um, with producer roles, and it was fucking half
0: the work. Like, you literally <laughs> show up and watch people. I well, still up. don't fully know what a producer does. I think he does a bit of everything. Juice I don't just know. is like. I well, used about, to think it was an editor. And I was like, did they edit no, the film together? What's an editor?
1: <laughs> uh, ju- producers are, are responsible for kind of the, the look and feel of the of the tone of the movie, and the directors really? are just low as the, like, the, like, the look yeah. and feel and fucking. Uh, Like how it comes across on film. And then the director is in charge of fucking... He has to trust his producers that they've given him all the tools he needs to work with. So he'll show up and he might not know what... Say you're making a a, a film about a boat and there's loads of boats in it. The director might not have ever seen any of the boats before. He just looks at them as boats. And I need this boat to come over the wave and crash and explode. He doesn't give a fuck about what the boat looks like. But as far as I know, the way it works, producers are in charge of fucking making sure that...
0: the look Speaking of it. Of directors and boats. Didn't uh, Christopher Nolan buy a boat recently because it was cheaper than doing the CGI? Is that what he's doing, really? right to their day, yeah. Was for it a tenor, is it? Or a plane or a helicopter. Yeah, he goes, hang on a second. What's the CGI? Like? What is this plane that we're looking for? Or like an actual model of it? Yeah. This much. Buy that. Buy that.
1: Yeah, smash one. it up, then. Um, anyway,
0: that was uh, that
1: was Little John. Uh, I picked Little John torn down for What, just because it's a little banger of a song. Um, torn down a, for what? Yeah, it's a little bit long, yeah. but it's a f- murderous fucking song. But yeah, that was a bit of hip hop and pornography. So, who's uh, your first
0: one? My first one is well, first of all, I should say that all the song titles are going to give give them away or at least oh, okay. them. I've worked out a okay. fun way of making or at least relating it to us. So yeah, this yeah. is. Iron Maiden, Flight of the Icarus. Ah. It's a very obvious one, mm. but it, it needs to be talked about anyway yeah. because it's one of the biggest ones. The fact that um, Iron Maiden themselves are one of the biggest and longest touring mm. me- metal bands in the world. I think they have 11, 100 million copies, 100 million copies of 39 albums. Jesus Christ. Sold outrageous that's not 30, that's not 100 million each 30 outrageous mm. but they've sold 100 million copies and they're together 45 years mental but this is about bruce dickinson who i mm. think is their fourth singer he's the second notable singer but he i think he's like their fourth singer yeah they, they got through a few didn't they yeah he is a trained pilot and that's a lot of people notice it's, it's kind of common knowledge but mm. there's a lot there's a lot going on with this i yeah. thought it was just a kind of I t- think for well, like the first thing I heard of it was when he was doing uh, Ed Force One, which is when he. Well, I get into that later. But the first time I saw any I thought it was a, a publicity stunt. Hmm. He just done a bit of a course, and he was like hanging around like with a pilot, like there, and he was just helping him. Hmm. It's not that at all. He is a fully trained, qualified, and was for a good while a work for eleven years working as a pilot. Wow. Well, be, well uh, between between stints of being in Iron Maiden and out of it. Weird. That's mental. He trained as a pilot in Florida in the early 90s when he signed up for a $30 trial lesson. Really? He became, yeah, he got so hooked on it. He became really hmm. proficient at it. He started taking it really seriously when Iron Maiden. When he left Iron Maiden in 1993, he started flying small planes and getting really good at it. But he got so good that from 2000 to 2011, 11 years, he had a genuine second job flying Boeing seven three seven. I remember reading something about this before. This isn't just like he just, it's a hobby. He had a job, a paying job mm. doing this. Like when he wasn't an Iron Maiden, he would go and fly planes because he loved it so much. He That's right. I remember cool. this because there was
1: two fellas I knew, uh, two English guys that I met at a fucking comic convention or something like that years and years and years ago in England. And they were lovely fellas. They turned out to be kind of mate to mate. So every time they'd be over, in London, we'd end up kind of hanging out for a point or whatever. But the two lads were fucking obsessed with Iron Maiden. We're talking like full battle jacket, but with nothing yeah. but Iron Maiden patches on it. You know that. Their level.
0: fans are if their fans are free fanatic.
1: Yeah, but these two lads, I remember them telling me that they saved up to go on a little mini holiday, and they timed it so that Bruce Dickinson was their pilot. They they went to, <laughs> they went to like Spain or something like that for like a weekend, and they yeah. figured out there's some way there's some website that tracks. Pilots associated with flights or whatever. And I they think it is actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they timed their flights so that they could say that they were flown by Bruce Dickinson on the holiday and back again. Yeah. Or, 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 yeah, I remember that now, yeah.
0: Well, he worked for for 11 years, I think it was on off, uh, for one of the companies most notably was Astraeus Airlines, where he was just straight up a regular pilot for them. Yeah. um And then in 2008, he and Iron Maiden commissioned a Boeing 757, which was his favorite. Yeah. Uh, airplane they put the iron maiden logo on the side of it they had fans come up with a name for it yeah, mm. uh, a, a competition and ed force one was the name that won. <laughs> took that they modeled that on the plane to carry the band and all the gear for the somewhere back in time tour around the world that's yeah. fucking crazy that's that, i mean, cool. and then the, australia's airlines bef- until they went under i think they went under in 2000 and 11 possibly mm. yeah yeah season eleven, because that's when he stopped working and yeah. um, they went under then but until then they've kept the Iron Maiden uh, logo on that one because people really wanted it like, yeah. oh, he's just playing with the Iron Maiden logo on the side <laughs> of it yeah. he also uh, he's a really really good narrator and presenter he <sighs> had a show efforts. didn't he he had a show called Flying Heavy Metal yeah that flying heavy metal, yeah, in two thousand and five, where it was, I had a quick watch of it the last couple of days. He's a phenomenal narrator and presenter. It just comes naturally to to kind of grip the crowd. Hmm. Um, but I didn't know that in the eighties he was in the top ten foliists or fowliest, which is a fencer, yeah. Sort of oh, I remember reading about that. Yeah, top he's ten. Like top ten, he was until he went until he went into a uh, I don't know singing, I guess, or stand. Yeah. His first band was called. Was it Saxon or not Saxon? No. Uh, something, you know, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, yeah, not not my bag at all. But um, I also forgot that five years ago, he beat throat cancer. That's throat right, throat cancer. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: right, they he took uh, a break for a while.
0: Yeah, he took, he blamed oral sex on it as a reason for the disease. Two but, years after Michael Douglas did it.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, that's, he wouldn't be the first person to do that, either, would
0: he? no. No, so it's 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 I suppose when that happens you just go, that's what it's from.
1: Samson was the name of the other band.
0: Samson, that's Samson. It. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why I chose Flight of the Icarus. Very obvious choice. Very mm. obvious choice for, for an artist that has a second job, but I mean, look. People would have went, I Can't believe you didn't put Bruce Dickinson in there because did you know <laughs> that he's a pilot? I did, yeah. That was uh Bruce Dickinson trained yeah. at a walking pilot. Who's your next one? Uh
1: Actually, just reading something there. The drummer from uh, Samson went on to be the drummer from Simple Minds.
0: Did he? That's yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, my next one is the one that I don't think is beatable. I, right. I simply don't think it's beatable. And I'm going to tell you why. Because my next one is Akon, right? Now, I don't like him. Yeah, he's not a nice person, right? He is not a nice person at all. Uh, I picked the song Smack That uh, just because it was there looking at me. I couldn't even there's tell This a song
0: about a woman's face, and not you
1: I think so. Uh smack he know, a woman. He, no, he smacked no. He simulated sex with a fifteen year old on stage really? in in I thought where the fuck he was. Uh, he says he didn't know that they were fifteen and they shouldn't have even been at the fucking gig if they were fifteen. Um, but it turned out to be like some politician. I mean, does style. he not
0: play does he not play gigs to fifteen year
1: olds?
0: i have no what, idea. Who does, does
1: he think does he think is there seems to always have this fucking mad excuse. There was another, someone threw something at him at a crowd, in a crowd and he made the crowd point him out and then he had security dragged him up on stage and he basically gave them like a Brock Lesnar F5 off the stage back into the crowd and they sued him. Um, but then he said that was, uh, that was all set up. Um, it was set up, it was like publicity for his next album. I don't know, there's a load of this yeah. mad ropey shit. Now, the reason I picked Akon is because I knew something weird about Akon, <laughs> right, that I read years ago. And uh, <laughs> Akon owns a diamond mine. Jesus, right in South Africa. So in like two thousand and four, two thousand and five, he was like he was kind of in the height of his money and his power, and he said to himself, right, I'm gonna I am going to uh, i do need to start investing a few bob and something, you know. So he said he was doing all the research. He said, you know, everybody else has fashion lines. And he says, I'll do that as well. You know, I'll get a little fashion line going. and You know, that fucking energy drink or whatever the fuck everybody else does. But he says, I want something solid. And I was like, what do, what do people always want? People always want diamonds. So he went off and he bought a fucking diamond boy in, in South Africa. Now... Uh, he also gave lots of interviews saying that he doesn't uh, he doesn't believe that like blood diamonds are real. He's just, like nobody ever heard of blood diamonds before that film with Leonardo DiCaprio. And uh, sure. he, he he's since come out saying, oh maybe there is one or two of them. Now here's mm-hmm. where here's where this choice gets interesting. That was 100 percent going to be uh, my choice of his, what his side job was. And then while reading an article with him, I literally read one sentence that. Turned my world upside down. Right. And I had to go digging in it. Right. So here we go. Akon Akon was born, right? <laughs> his, nobody seems to know what age Akon is. This is weird as well. All the dates. He's between 30 and 60. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the dates that he's given, none of them line up, right? Now, he was born in the States, right? He was born in St. Louis, but his family right. are all uh, St. So he, when true. he, when he was born, he was born, Alayume Damale Badara Akontiam, Tiam, right? That's his full name. Now, when not long after he was born in St. Louis, he went back to Senegal, and he stayed there for most of his childhood. So he he, he says that he is fucking Senegalese, right? I'm, I'm fucking Senegalese. That's who I am. I was born in America, but I grew up here. This is my hometown, and this is fucking... No, I love it here. I love it here. Yeah. So <laughs> this is fucking insane. This is fucking insane. In 2018, he announced his new venture. Right, this is fucking mad. They can't be beaten, Helmet. They can't be beaten. Right. Give it to me. He announced his new venture in 2018, Acon City. Acon <laughs> City. Acon City. That's what it's called, right? They started development on it in 2018, and it's three square miles of Senegal that was given to him by the president of Senegal. Right. Right. Now, he's building an entire city named after himself. Right? It's right beside the airport. So, in order to get anywhere, when you if you do fly into Senegal, you have to drive through Acon City. Now, it even gets better because the only currency that's accepted in Acon City is Acon, Acon's own cryptocurrency called <laughs> A, called Acoin. It's called Acoin. He right. has his own cryptocurrency. He has his own fucking country given to him by the government, and the whole place is meant to open in about a year's time. Oh my god! Hang on, where's me? Mic- I actually have a microphone. Are you listening? Yes. There you go. That was the microphone dropping. I don't know if that can be beaten. I don't think there's a person on earth that has their own city and their own <laughs> cryptocurrency that is only accepted. there is no cash allowed in Acon City. You are only only allowed to use Acoin. 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 Yeah,
0: I do you reckon he's get he's getting carried away with himself.
1: It's built and all. It's made. He's no, made. Well it. just in general, do you think oh, 100%. He's, made... he's fucking mad. He's fucking mad. No one else on earth wants to see. Do you know what I mean? No one else wants one.
0: Like people say that like kings died and stuff like that, but they didn't. They just kind of came back to life as different people. Like Yeah, they came back to celebrities and, yeah. and and fascists as well, I suppose, yeah. kind of like the Jung, the King Kim Jong Il, and stuff like that. Yeah, they—they're just obscene. Mm. They're just—it's all about them. The world is like—they're—they're they're convinced that they're ten times better than the average human. Superhumans, yeah. enough to have their own city with effigies <coughs> everywhere. And yeah.
1: three square miles. Three square miles of super modern city is what they're building.
0: Jesus, get the, the fuck only out the here. only. They'll only be just Akon songs and remixes. More than and the, likely. Thing. And, he, and the,
1: yeah, he's in every single building. No matter where you go, Akon's there. Yeah. Just and they all
0: be driving A cars.
1: powerbombing country comes through walls
0: Touching 15-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like shy. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I am not going to Akon City. <laughs> uh, that was Akon. Uh, Smack that is the song. That blew my fucking mind yeah, when I read that's that. That's weird. Isn't it? Who is your next one?
0: I have chosen Offspring. Why don't you get a job? Mm. Uh, so, everyone knows The Offspring are Offspring. California punk band, they've sold 40 million albums. Fuck Just me. for context, that's 10 times more than Rancid. But also for context, it's less than half than Green Day. Mm. They've sold at 85. Um, Smash was like one of my favorite albums growing up. As Still as great. Still great. Yeah, album. I listened to it today actually when I was yeah, doing this. It was really hard. good. Before I know, Run the Jewels dropped. I was listening mm. to this. Um, so the third album is their tour their album. It's sold 11 yep. million alone. It is the best selling set a record for the best selling record for an independent label. Yeah, it's epi- epitaph, isn't it? Yeah, done. I think it's epitaph. Right? It is done yeah. on a budget of uh, 20k. They wanted <laughs> more, but the record label just went. No, you haven't really done it. The 20k
1: out. even sounds a lot for an album of that year for that sort of music, doesn't it? When you think about it,
0: it does actually. Yeah, but they they had already sold. Before that, I think, what was one before ignition? Ignition, yeah. That sold oh, fifteen thousand. Yeah, that's quite a lot. That's a not I bad. quite a
1: lot. And the one before yeah. that is just offspring. Offspring, isn't it? Both of those albums yeah. are pretty good as well.
0: Yeah. So I think selling that much gets you twenty k, budget. And And uh, they came out with Smash, which is a great mixture of a kind of catchy punk, but it's yeah. moodier and grung- grungier at the is, time yeah, because definitely. of the time that it was there. Yeah. Um, so did you know? that the singer, Dexter Holland, is also a licensed pilot. Fuck off. Yeah, in 2004, he completed a 10-day solo flight around the world. Now, that's not why I picked him. That'd be boring, picking two pilots, yeah. one after the other. Because, as a kid, he was incredibly gifted with maths, like, incredibly mm. gifted with maths. Just, they were his thing. So he went on to earn, this is before Offspring, to earn right. a Master of Science degree in Molecular molecular Biology. Fuck! And just, just as he was about to do his phd offspring took off so he said in 1995 when i get to 40 i'll go back and i will finish that phd absolutely mm. finish it now he did but he did it when he was 50 so was only 10 years off uh. so yeah he returned to uh, finish his research and his dissertation focusing on hiv and immunodeficiency viruses mm. uh, imagine he found a cure for aids after releasing americana which Am- be, yeah <laughs> which would be yeah
1: ironic yeah, to, to, to be honest, pretty much every, everything after Smash is not good.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, there's nothing good after. There's one or two songs, but the rest of it is... <laughs>
0: Scotter. <laughs> yeah. So, Scouter. he ran in the 2006 and 2008 Los Angeles Marathon, and his charity of choice was the Innocence Project, which is a non-profit clinic that handles uh, legal cases where post-conviction DNA testing uh, could possibly yield conclusive proof of innocence. So that kind of ties into his... Very cool biology molecular yeah kind of biology. yeah um if he ever decides to do a full-time career that's going to be some career if you yeah. wants to yeah Microbi- uh, molecular biology um an interesting fact though mm-hmm. he's not the only singer of a canadian punk band with a qualification in molecular biology who milo ockerman from the descendants oh that's right yeah a doctorate and still studies it yeah. Still studies it, although I think actually he gave up in a, a couple, of, maybe he gave up in 2017, actually, to focus completely. But he was all this time. Um, yeah, so Dexter is a little bit ahead with his PhD, unless Milo Ackerman has one. I think he only has a doctor. Mm. Um, so that's why I chose, there's something about, yeah, uh, California punk bands and their lead singer has been into uh, molecular biology. Weird. That's why I chose, uh, why don't you get a job? Because yeah. Funny title. Who's your next one? <laughs>
1: uh, my next one uh, is Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah,
0: if you didn't pick this, I would have. I yeah, him this is a big one thing. as well.
1: It's a very interesting yeah. one. So, uh,
0: Billy Corgan, no, sorry, just before yeah, you do yeah. it, it always interests me. They have to be fucking good at it, or otherwise I don't care. Oh, yeah, to, yeah. Not yeah. just a hobby. They have oh, to go, oh, fuck, this yeah. is actually. And it's only when something starts really taking off that I care. Because I'll hear about artists do this all the time. Oh, yeah. For real. But like,
1: when I heard imagine. about Billy
0: Corgan, I was like,
1: Okay, yeah, that's a big deal. Like, are you
0: yeah. serious? Yeah, yeah,
1: go on, tell me. What so, uh, I picked uh, Cherub Rock just because it's a fucking murderous little song. Um, Absolutely. so, uh, Billy Corgan bought a wrestling promotion. I am um, now he didn't just buy a wrestling promotion, he's been involved with wrestling, like, kind of. I'd say 20 years about 20 years he's been heavily involved in in, in the pro- professional wrestling world. Now, right. he's 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 lifelong massive pro wrestling fan. Lifelong massive right. fan. Um I read an interview with him he said like some of his earliest memories were going to see fucking WCW and WWF yeah. and stuff like that, you know. And um here's years before he, the world is a vampire. Oh yeah, a long long time before <laughs> when he was when he was just a lilla baby, billy Cog, Lilla baba. <laughs> um Kill a baby yeah, exactly. <laughs> baby Cog. <Cork. laughs> Gotta <laughs> be a good wrestler. One of oh, Baby Cog and- Baby Cog and- <laughs> <laughs> the world is a vampire. <laughs> 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 so in, in uh, 2001, Billy shows up at uh, ECW. You know, ECW was like kind of the second biggest, wasn't it, at the time? Kind of that would have been the third biggest in, in oh, the right. in the height of pro wrestling. You would have had WWF, then you would have had WCW, then you oh, would have w, had, sorry, w, yeah, th- that's what I'm
0: thinking. Of, then yeah. you would
1: have had ECW. Now both of those, and, then, st- and then TNT after that, maybe TNA, yeah. Um, what yeah what I say? TNT, TNT yeah. Um, that—that no, that's, that's, that that's the name easy of DC wrestling. That girl, was the yeah. name of one of their shows, I think. It, it's hard. the whole thing is a fucking mess. Yeah. Um so two thousand one he showed up at like a pay per view or something like that and hit someone with a chair or some bullshit. And he hits him with a chair and they were like oh, really Hoggers oh, from the World Famous 'cause they got a load of fucking press over. you know, so did he for showing up on fucking I uh, like in two thousand one ETW would have been not far off being an absolute train wreck, right? It was past oh, yeah. its. It was it was still good, but it was past its prime, and it was floundering massively. massively. Did they just get
0: poached. W W F will call them for now. Just poached on <laughs> their best. They they, they much yeah. let, they let them burn off, and then when they got big yep. again, they took them back. It's like okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, so oh,
1: God, pro weird. pro wrestlers always worked on a uh, kind of contract. So you'll have like a two year, three year, five year contract. So what W W F would do if they like the look yet? They'd be like, listen, when your contract's up, like we'll give you a fuck of four times the money. And half the fucking road to him, or whatever you know, make the life easier for them. And everybody, even if there were ECW, fucking hardcore cunts, like this is you know we fucking founded this company. If like WWF was where you wanted to be, like you know, I mean, that was the biggest one in the yeah. world. Um, like EC, ECW had television shows and pay per views, but like the boy is that they don't compare to WCW or WWF would have been infinitesimal. Like, um, now for the hardcore pro wrestling fans, ECW was the only one. Like, WCW and WWF were mostly aimed at children. They were mostly for kids, you know. They were selling the toys and the plushies and the blankets, but ECW was the one. So this is kind of the path that Billy wanted to go down. He didn't really have, like, you're trying to tell me that Billy Corgan and the Smashing Pumpkins couldn't have been on WWF Raw or SmackDown or something like that performing or got a run in. 100% they could have. They could have made the call. You know what I mean? Billy himself would have said, he <laughs> could have rang at Hulk Hogan or whoever. You know what the, I mean? They
0: were on The Simpsons for fuck's
1: sake. Exactly, exactly. So they absolutely could have went to WWF and done a little thing there. No problem. But he chose ECW because he's a hardcore wrestling fan. So he'd done a little bit with them in 2001. Um, he formed his own uh, pro wrestling company called Resistance Pro Wrestling in 2014. of there's, there's a big compression. There's like five years of real hardcore Billy Corgan pro wrestling action that starts in 2014 so he starts his own company resistance resistance pro wrestling and uh it's more of like a, a kind of a tour and indie type of thing and he signed a deal with he signed a deal with fucking like could have been fox or one of the big tv channels <coughs> one of the big tv channels to um make like a reality tv show and it was called like uh so like billy corgan's resistance pro wrestling i was maybe, like behind the scenes about what goes into making a right. pro wrestling show and shit like that and um, it never materialized in the end because i think he might have knocked the resistance on for the head. That. yeah I, I think the whole thing got knocked on the head um so around the same year um which later in that year maybe early 2015 he gets involved with tna now at this stage ecw is gone wcw is gone and all yeah. that's left is tna right now tna Um, TNA was a subsidiary of one of the oldest wrestling promotions in the world called NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance,
0: right?
1: Now, NWA, that's the
0: original, like, that's the original association. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So that was the big one. er, Everything except for WWF was NWA. Basically what NWA was, it was every single promoter in America was a, was a part of the NWA, right? And they had, they'd have like, you know, they, they had the country divided up into territories. So everybody would be fighting over their own belt, but there was an NWA championship belt that kind of reigned over all of them. Mm. And every now and again, whoever the NWA champion was, he'd go to another territory, you know what I mean, and beat their champion or
0: whatever. Um, TNA came out with that. that, Intercontinental. Yeah, yeah. So Hang on, interstate? I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's just a national. It was the world heavyweight is what they called it. Um, But it was more of a fucking national championship that's um, how america does things it yeah exactly the yeah
0: the world series
1: with just americans <laughs> the, in
0: it the world is their small
1: oyster yeah exactly yeah. um so tna which would have been after ecw died and after wcw died tna would have been the one that had proper television and um, they had for a while like they had like fucking court angle and loads of guys you know that has left wwf we're going to tna because it was just a better mm. deal um he got involved with them, and he was brought in as a, their head producer and their kind of head of talent as well. So he was in charge of doing all the storylines and making sure that like wrestlers matched each other, um, kind of like in style. Like, so you can't just pull two random wrestlers together; you could end up with bullshit. So you have to kind of choose. if like, this guy has this particular style, and this guy, you know, has this one that'll make an exciting match. So like, the, the kind of head producer has a hard job of trying to make two lads in a ring kind of pretend that they hurt each other, make right. um, look interesting. So he was brought in on top of this. So he was, he was brought in to do that. And apparently he's done fucking extraordinarily well. And he's done so well that by August of 2016, he became the president of the company. That's they were brilliant. like, just here, have it all. Like, you're fucking, you're knocking this out of the park. Um, now remember, remember that day, August 2016, he's made the president of TNA. Yeah. By November of the same year, he's left. He's gone. He's gone because they mm-hmm. owe him a shit ton of money. They owe him a fucking fortune, right? In back pay. So he says, listen, these fuckers just aren't paying me. They're just not paying me. So the whole thing like, like
0: yours Billy congress not from Pumpkin's are grand. Yeah, but would have been it
1: would have been a lot of work, I'd say, involved in this. <clears throat> Because they had a weekly television show and in monthly pay-per-views and they had tours. And, you know, so he's working his bollocks off. Yeah, he's working his whole off, you know. So uh, he does something weird. He, while he's left the company, while he's left the company, he starts funding the company. He loans TNA a load of money so that they maybe, can pay off their debts.
0: Yeah. Oh, may, maybe that's a way of getting his own money back in the long run. And also, if he lends something, he can probably get that back through them. Yeah, Easily but th- that's that's
1: kinda what happened. That's kinda how we got it in the end. So all the money that they owed out to a bunch of people, he took his own money, gave it to them, yeah. and made them pay off a load of their debtors and him the money he was owed. And then they they ended up kind of knocking on the head, they closed down, and uh, they ended up gonna go into receivership or whatever the fuck it was. So whoever yeah. took them over, they had to finance all their debtors as well. So we got whatever money he had loaned to them in the first place back on top of that. Do you know what I mean? Um, plus whatever, his, plus whatever uh, his percentage. Accountant, his accountant is good. Exactly. So they nailed it. Now, fucking hell. In uh, last year, 2019, Billy goes off and he buys NWA. He buys the National Wrestling Alliance outright, flat out. Fucking mine now. He says, "I'm not fucking working for anybody else. I don't really want to start my own promotion and start from scratch." I want a boy one that's been around for a while. So he goes and he buys like the biggest, oldest one that's still in existence. Um, obviously there's no fucking, uh, you're not getting anywhere near WWF or whatever the fuck. They never did. Um, but he bought the, the, the National Wrestling, National Wrestling Alliance, NWA. Uh, it was around this time last, last year. there. It was around this time last year. Um, now all these other companies, like every other company was underneath that umbrella, but what he done in 2019 is he made sure that every single other company that was ever associated with the NWA was disassociated. So they're now no longer like an umbrella group. There is just that promotion that he's working on fucking, I think he's trying to get them on TV and do pay-per-views and all this kind of shit. like, you know? Um, Make it happen, Billy. I want to see this. I'm yeah. Sick of talk, I'm sick of him talking about it. Do it. Yeah, I'm sick of I'm hearing not, about fucking wrestling. And that was not his fault. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a poxy fucking, poxy, poxy word. But that was Billy Corgan. Yeah. Um,
0: so he's, he's, he's actually in two of the dirtiest businesses in the world. Horrific, yeah. If he if he put
1: another time with the porn, he'd probably just die. And Link. politics. Yeah. No, politics the next one he has to go into now. Well, p- porn and pro wrestling are pretty much the exact same thing, to be honest with you. Same. Although,
0: we know a few people that made an appearance in uh, wrestling, got hit with a chair, and then went on to become president.
1: Yes, exactly. There's another... another <laughs> it's the only president ever to be at a WrestleMania, to win a match at WrestleMania. <laughs> so, uh, it's the only bit of support that I have for the fucker. Uh, who is your next
0: one? Yeah. My next one, the song I have chosen, is Star by D-Ream. All right. So forget about Theorem for a minute. The story yeah. starts when Tin Lizzy's former, former keyboard player, Darren Wharton, sets up a band called Dare in the late 80s. Now I'd heard of Dare, mm. but only in the last couple of days did I actually go and listen to them properly. And that first album is great. It's great shite. Yeah. It's 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 a slice of 80s rock, yeah. kind of motivational Stan Bush. Eye the Tiger, crap. Mm. It's good. It's actually good. Um it was recorded in Joni Mitchell's private studio on Beverly Hills. Cool. Okay. Um their keyboard player was a guy called Brian Cox. Mm. And little did they know that while they were traveling the world playing to like three thousand people, maybe at home, mm. maybe less in Japan and stuff like that. The whole time that their keyboard player, Brian Cox, was a genius. An actual genius. Yeah. Genuine actual geniuses. So a geniuses, he was a geniuses, as you can tell. I am not brushed with the same tarnish. <laughs> so. Genio, he was one of yeah. the genio. After two albums with them, um, he left to join the Anglo Irish pop group Dream, who you'll remember had the song uh, Things Can Only Get Better. It's yeah, not, it's, it's a fun <laughs> song, yeah, it's grand. Um, so, he was the keyboard player for them. For two albums as well, but his first love wasn't music because when he was only twelve years old, he found the book *Cosmos* by Carl Sagan. Yeah. And after DREAM disbanded in ninety seven, he went back and finished his Doctor of Philosophy degree in high energy particle physics. Fuck me! And went on to become one of the world's most well known physicists as he is now. Um, he's also a celebrated presenter, celebrated presenter, writer, and uh, the author and co author of. Over nine hundred and fifty scientific publications. Fuck. He's actually doing it. So he's big deal, like a didn't big. did he have? Deal.
1: Didn't he have a television show with one of the lads,
0: Monty Python, for a while? He did. He's a massive Monty Python fan. He yeah, appeared uh, live on stage with them. Eric
1: Idle, wasn't it? Was
0: Eric I think I I think I Might have been Eric And I know that he uh, he did something. One of them, it might have been Eric Idle.
1: He done like a tour and a TV show with Eric Idle, where I think Eric Idle would ask him questions. Um. Uh, he was almost like a host or something. I can't fucking remember. I've seen one of them before. Yeah,
0: um, I know. I, I read a bit about his stuff. He's a massive, yeah. massive, massive point in like Yeah.
1: That. Yeah, come on. Because uh, there was another thing I read about how he got into Dream years ago. That's all I know about this. I, know, uh, I knew he was a scientist. I didn't know he was that level of a scientist now. I thought he was just like. Oh, no.
0: He, abs- he worked on the Large Hadron Collider. Fucking hell.
1: Actually, Astro Martin worked on that as well. For one of our listeners, yeah. Astro Martin. Um, so maybe he knows Cox. Um, I I read, I read <laughs> something before about how we got into the band. Apparently, I th- I fucking know a lot about D. Actually, for some reason, no, every now and I yeah, couldn't find that-
0: much about him being in D. apart from the, like I, when I listened to Dare. I was like, "There's so much keyboard going on." D. keyboard. He was like, "Yeah." I think I
1: think I might have got most of this. I think Cox done a Rogan podcast years ago, and I think I might have got most of this from from most of the stuff from that where apparently he was rehearsing on the keyboards in his shed or something like that, and one of his right. neighbours knocked in, saying like, fucking hell, I was like, you're playing the keyboard, like, yeah, shit, huh? And he was like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, like playing the keyboard, blah, blah, blah. And he must have putting a band together, do want to be in it, and that was D-Rain. Something like that. He's
0: like, oh, I used to be in there." Who yeah. are they? Yeah. they rock yeah. band. Yeah, mate, we're not doing rock, though. We're yeah, doing that song called Things Can Only Get Better. Yeah. Have you heard it? Was no, the singer from I'm, the North I'm or something? Born. He was North, yeah. yeah. Peter. Or Cunna, uh, something like that, John Connor.
1: Don't remember his name. I just remember fucking reading someone that he was from the north, but he lived in England. Cunna, right?
0: I think is his name, yeah.
1: That's
0: know. right, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not a fan, he's got a great voice, yeah. But that music man. is whatever. That music mean. is is fucking not into it at all. No, uh, he looks. Brian Cox really looks like he could be in Radiohead. He does have that kind of he looks like look Radiohead. about him, doesn't he? He's like a good looking guy, put together, nerdy, but he has that kind of. In Tweed, haircut.
1: yeah, tweed jacket wearing looking cunt like green, them emerald green woolly jumpers. You know them? They look them. No,
0: he seems to only wear like black t-shirts and stuff like that. Good. He's a really like he's a good he's a really good um presenter, but he's much more like he's he's not in your face. He's yeah. really kind of off spoken. He's yeah. still a little bit sort of. not He's not out there in your face. He's very chilled out. You can tell that he's an actual genius. Yes, he just is. Yeah. The amount of stuff he's done. Um, I chose d star because, well, like, come on. Yeah. Come on. It's the only one that related to anything to do with. <laughs> and and the gas thing is, like, that uh, That thing that he studied, um, what do you call it? The Large Hadron Collider. Uh, high energy particle oh, physics uh, isn't necessarily to do with space, but it was the closest thing I could find. Here's a fun fact just before we move on. Mm. Yeah, Brian Cox is, is massive. Like, he, he's forgotten about Dream a long time ago mm. now. He's, he's on he has a million TV shows. Million yeah, that's a trivia. Time. That's a trivia bullet yeah.
1: point. Yeah. It's not, yeah. A, not important to him but, anymore.
0: Uh, but here's, uh, here's, here's another trivia bullet point. Mm. When Gary Moore left Tin Lizzy, Midge Orr from Visage and Ultravox filled in for a little while. Hmm. Didn't know that. I didn't Did know, know that. that. Yeah, there's a fun fact. Did you know. not know that at all. So, uh, there's a monstrous career. That's a big one, yeah. So, for a while, he was obviously still interested <laughs> in that stuff. But uh, they didn't run side by side, those careers. No. Still, I chose it anyway. No. So, uh, oh, I broke the frogs are real, but I? Two, two different two animals. Who's uh, your animals. next one?
1: My next one, the song I chose was Blur, Charmless Man, because I think that might be one of my favourite Blur songs. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah. It's Dave Rowntree, he was the drummer from Blur. Um, Dave Roundtree does a lot, man. Does a fucking
0: I, lot. This, I, am th- not gonna spoil it, but I yeah. think I know what this guy does because I watched. Uh, <sighs> you see news segment, and i think and I was like,
1: yeah, he does an awful this. lot. Well, for, first things first, he's also an airplane pilot. Um, no. has his full license and all. This seems to be just a rich people thing. <laughs> uh, se- second of all, which is not related to his career at all, I just thought it was brilliant. Uh, up until the kind of early nineties, mid or yeah, early mid nineties, he kind of c- considered himself a borderline alcoholic. But he was mad for going on the piss all really? the fucking time, yeah, mad for it. And um, he uh, went on the piss one night with Susie and the Banshees, and they broke him. And he never drank afterwards. He went out the piss of Susie in the mansion and just said, absolutely not, never drinking again. He'd literally You can himself. imagine that
0: happening. He's only blur like Do you know what I mean? Like-
1: exactly. Um, he also he had a big cocaine habit as well for fucking years. He was mad at the coke. And he got, he done an interview. Who's the fucking Canadian guy who does the YouTube interviews that knows everything about everyone? Um, what the Nardware. fuck? Nardware. 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 Done, yeah. Nardware doing an interview with fucking blur and Dave Roundtree was after being on the bag for a couple of days and he was coming down <laughs> fucking hard. And uh, Nardware was doing the interview and Dave lost the fucking rag properly, really? yeah, lost it on Nardware and fucking like started slagging him and fucking shouting at him like proper full wanker mode, full cokehead bag mode. Lost it completely. And after that, he gave up the fucking bag altogether. And he said to this day, he's still, like, he he has that uh, video saved on his phone that whenever he feels the urge to do drugs or go into Cargill, he watches that video to see how much of a fucking EJ he made out. Himself, right. And that puts him off doing it. Now, none of these things are his career. Um, they're just little facts about Dave Roundtree. Uh, first thing about Dave Roundtree is he owns an animation studio. Right. Um, owns an animation studio called Nanomation. Uh, Who do an awful lot of stuff there? The, the last big thing they've done, done a series for Channel 4 called Empire Square. And um, they made that for Channel 4. It's like an animated kind of thing along the same lines as South Park. And um, he has very, he's very interested in non realistic animation. Like he's not into kind of photo realistic or photo realism animation. He's more into kind of weird abstract stuff. And he's written, right. written fucking, I don't think he's written books, but he's written papers and articles for. He's not in the gorillas though,
0: is he? He's not in the gorillas though. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I guarantee you he was involved in that summer along the
0: line. I guarantee Possibly. It. Well, you um, from Tape Girl. What's his name? Jamie, uh, Jamie Hewlett. Hewlett. He's, yeah. Or
1: is Howlett. He to... Is it Howlett or Hewlett? Yeah. One of He's, them. I don't know. Yeah. It's Howlett or Hewlett. I think it's Hewlett. Um, or Hedwig. Fuck, it's a H anyway. <laughs> it's a fucking H. Um. Yeah, he was, and he'd done all the, the art for him. Um, he'd done the, the the concept art for everybody. Yeah, that was strange. Uh. Okay, his second one, is that he is a Labour Party chairman in, Jesus, in Norfolk. Yeah, he's like a proper fucking elected politician for the Labour Party. Um, has run for office, the whole shebang. Um, Where is this? The, in Norfolk. Norfolk. So he yeah. lives in a
0: house, a very big house, house
1: in Norfolk. In the Norfolk. In the Norfolk. Um, yeah, but that's not even the mad thing, right? That's not even the mad thing. That's only the second maddest thing. The first maddest thing is that since 2012... He's been a full-time solicitor with a massive London law firm. So he's a proper solicitor. Yeah, proper, full-blown, full-time solicitor. Blur, drumming for Blur and drumming in general. Just a little solid yeah. thing for him now. Like, does it whenever. Yeah, grand. But his full-time job is he's a solicitor in criminal law.
0: That's mad. I yeah. didn't think this was who you were picking from Blur, by the way.
1: All right. And know there's a, there's a couple of lads in Blur done some other stuff. Um, I
0: thought you were gonna pick Alex James, no, who no, is I, a professional cheesemaker. That's
1: right. I looked at that. There was that's of, that's I, the one. <laughs> yeah, I was also. I was gonna pick Mantrax, who became one of the world's uh, top watchmakers. I was gonna that's, pick that yeah, as well. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, but he quit Antrax to go on. I, want, I my ones. I wanted it. I wanted it to be side by side. I, it was like, a lot of them I torn down. Um,
0: you picked you, you. You there was one that popped up on my radar, but I think you talked about it before. One of the guys from Steely Dan went on to be a uh, Missile defense. Expert. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I can't remember and what episode that st- was. Still, still to this day, I think. Um, yeah, still to this day, works for the U.S. government. He was a hippie. And he uh, became missile defense expert and uh, tact- <laughs> tactical missile expert. And to this day, he works for the Department of Defense in the USA. Yeah? That's nuts.
0: That's fucking mental. Yeah. I oh, saw uh, that come up and went. Hang on, Gareth brought him up before. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I was going to do that one, but because we, we'd
0: already kind of covered it. Um, yeah. Anyway,
1: that was uh, Dave Rowntree. He was the drummer from Blur. Also, every Sunday night, he hosts a radio show for XFM. There's another little thing oh, really? for you. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he has he has about eight jobs. That cunt. He does. Um, that's Dave Who Who's your next
0: it's, one? Well, speaking of military, I picked Johnny Cash, Like mm. a Soldier. So, as the title suggests, Johnny Cash was a military man. It was. Well, before he went on to have 13 number ones mm. from 91 albums, which sold nearly 100 million copies, he was in the United States Air Force for four <coughs> years. Now... Mm. A lot of musicians have had military service. That's not anything super interesting. Yeah. But Johnny Cash's one is super, super interesting. Because mm. not like the rest of them, Johnny Cash was a gifted Morse code interceptor. I heard and,
1: something about this before. I don't know anything about it, in the but I heard something about this. And
0: this this is where it gets a little bit ropey. He's, he was known to be a code breaker. But I'll get back into this in a minute. This was during, during the early phases of the Cold War. Yeah. And on March the 5th, 1953, which is a very important day in the Cold War, a young Johnny Cash took in a code and wrote it down that would be incredibly incredible and written and written it down incredibly it down. important. It was the communication from Russia that Stalin had died, oh. which made Sergeant Staff Sergeant John Cash the first Westerner to learn of Stalin's death.
1: Fuck man! Not just
0: American; like he was the one that took in that thing. Now,
1: I just said, fuck my hell as well. I can't talk to my <laughs> Fuck my hell. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I, I read up more and more and more about this, and he was super, super gifted. But I did mm. read a comment saying, Johnny Cash wasn't the first person to actually transcribe it. It would have to be someone that did Russian. He was one of the most gifted per- people at writing down Fastest person like that we knew at writing down the code, I was like, That's boring. I'm gonna leave that. Yeah, how about so I didn't none leave. of
1: them details? None of them fucking pedantic. Yeah, fucking. It was, it
0: was from someone who was in the same company as him, an old man. Ah. Like, I was reading this on a, on a forum, like, i got that deep into it going, How
1: lads I were fucking, fucking
0: throwing digs at
1: Johnny Cash after he's dead now. He not uh, yeah.
0: Like, and fuck. he's like, Yeah, I shared a room with him, and he was very good at this, but he didn't transcribe it. That would have been a different guy. The hand of have shut up, he was Should the first out. person to... leave up. Johnny alone. Yeah, Fuck I don't thing. know if you need, for Morse code you need to uh, know the language, do you? You would, wouldn't you? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one to know. Would you? I don't know. Yeah. Pro- probably not, but I'm sure it wouldn't hurt. He wrote, yeah, he wrote uh, "Folsom Prison Blues" uh, during that time oh, because really? he watched a documentary. Not, not because he was there. He didn't. He wasn't there. He, he, was, yeah. he, watched, a, he watched a documentary on it while he was uh, on a break. <laughs> there you go yeah, on TV. No, next on inside. It was called inside. Faults in F- 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 Prison, actually. And he said that it reminded him of how, like, he felt kind of trapped in the job and something yeah. like that. He was uh, honourably discharged with a big scar in his face, but that was from an abscess. It's nothing. Not, you don't. You don't get into war if you're a codebreaker. Yeah. Lady. No, I don't think you get. No, they so, watch yeah.
1: you, you fucking behind the scenes.
0: So that was uh, Johnny Cash's other job that he couldn't. He didn't, no. he didn't, he still became like one of the biggest uh, country stars in the world. Yeah. So it's a code breaking for us four years. You know, he took in that Stalin code, Stalin dead.
1: Stalin oh, equals dead. Dot yeah. com. That's what came in. That's what that came was, in. Um, Jesus. Uh, yeah.
0: Very that's interesting. I didn't, did so not that know was, that. Yeah. That's where I picked Johnny Cash. Like a soldier. It who is, is your next one?
1: My next one is a pretty. It's probably the most obvious one on this list. It's uh, Rob Zombie. Um, I just wanted to go yeah, through it's, it.
0: It's obvious, but I fucking
1: forgot. I, <laughs> um, I, forgot, I, forgot, I forgot to think of it. Yeah, I, I, one of the reasons I picked Rob Zombie is because I think there's going to be an awful lot of people who only know Rob Zombie from White Zombie and his solo career. And then there's going to be a bunch of people who only know Rob Zombie from the movies he's made.
0: Very true, because he's he's uh he's handled some big fucking uh, yeah, he's movies. been
1: given a lot of kind of big properties that to kind of mess with. Um, so he knocked 1998, he knocks White Zombie on the head, kind of start his own solo album comes out the same year, I think. Uh, Hellbilly Deluxe, uh, which it's is good. good, it's not White Zombie, but it's not enough. White Zombie, but it's decent, yeah. Um, so around that time, he started directing his own music videos. He was always mad at the movies, obsessed with movies. Um, and yeah, I actually watched. It? it could have been one of those like MTV cribs or something like that. And he had like, an entire wing of his house dedicated to movies. And he had them. He had this fascination with all of his favorite movies. He had to have them on every single format. So he had like, um, he had like a wing of laser discs, and then a wing of VHS, and a wing of uh, Betamax, and wing of DVDs. You know this type of shit. Mm. So uh, if it was available on any sort of format, Rob had to own it. You know, he was just a, a massive consumer of movies and television, and um, obviously yeah. in particular <laughs> kind of horror movies and kitsch and shit Scary like that. Scary films. Exactly. What's interesting about uh, Rob Zombies? Rob Zombies gone on record saying he doesn't believe in ghosts or bigfoot or aliens or any of that shit. He thinks all nonsense.
0: Right. How weird well, is that? I guess he doesn't have to. It wouldn't have it, to, if, but it would help. I he should have like, said that. Yeah, but when you, think
1: about, uh, when you think about like, the movies he makes, like none of them are really supernatural. They're all about kind of human horror, aren't they? Like, nobody's yeah, actually... That's true. That's true.
0: You know, and that seems to be I more... I don't know. There's not really spooky or I something. Like so. I
1: don't think so. I don't think... that might be one or two yeah. elements of it, but...
0: I'll tell you what, I'm not watching him again to find out. No, absolutely
1: not. He's... God help him. He's not... He's not terrible at making movies, but the movies he makes are for a particular type of person. They really are. Uh, and... Uh, uh,
0: I wouldn't mind, but he had a good start. He started out coming, he came out of the traps fucking flying.
1: Yeah, so I have a list of most of the movies he's made here. There's actually a couple yeah. of them here I've never even fucking heard of. And uh, really? again, I'm not going to go fucking looking for them either. But uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. I like that film a lot. Yeah. Uh, the Devil's Rejects. I liked. I think that's a good film. It's not a great film, but yeah. it's a good, it's a very exactly. good film. Uh, he's done Halloween 1 and
0: 2, the remakes. Oh. Oh, they're shy.
1: Yeah, they're not. They're not good. They're not good. He done one called Werewolf Women of the SS. That sounds cool. Yeah, but is... i never heard of it. No. Uh He done another one called The Haunted World of El Superbisto
0: Well, that's surely a supernatural thing. Yeah, film.
1: I, I fucking no idea. And then he's got The Lords of Salem, uh, which is not. I good. never saw that. Garbage. Heard that's gar- garbage Thirty-one, which is garbage, and Three from Hell, which completes the trilogy, the Devil's Rejects trilogy, which is not great either. It's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. And um, he also yeah. he's he directed an episode of CSI Miami as well. Did he? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. That's he's been he's been in a load of movies. He's been in. A that's shit right. I, I, I
0: heard him being in films and stuff like that. It's, apparently, he's a cunt. I heard like not from, great things from the band members. Yeah. Uh, that said, like during recording sessions, he was a prick. Yeah, now, I heard a load of not great from, things. That's just from ex-band members. That's yeah. cause his uh, is A great point.
1: His second name is Cummins. so uh, Is it? Yeah. Robert Cummins?
0: Robert Bartley Cummins. Jesus. Yeah, but it's Cummings, Must but whatever. Right, Cummings, yeah, yeah, you get that a lot. I think they called you that on BBC, didn't they? Did, yeah. They, BBC, didn't they? did, yeah. we were Gareth Cummings. It's who fucking written.
1: It was literally written Cummins on the screen, <laughs> and they kept saying Cummings. I'm like, oh, you fuck <laughs> him, Anyway, um, uh, yeah, he also directed, he's, he's, he's kind of delving into stand-up comedy now recently. He, uh, he directed one of uh, Tom Papa's stand-up specials. Um, live in New York City. Oh, um, th-
0: for a minute there, I thought like he was gonna like do it.
1: We- and- no, no. Um, he's just starting to kind of move on. That's to that. So, Tom Hopper is very funny. He's moved. To, he's done uh, one for Tom Hopper there recently. Uh, yeah, that that's about it. It's just, he's done a a, a a bunch of fucking movies, TV. He's done a little bit of. Uh, his, the main thing for television he's done was that CSI Miami episode, yeah, which I assume was like when Tarantino. Then Tarantino doing files Um. I think he's done it. They always directors on and stuff like that, and they're always a bit bit quirky. They kind of lean towards you know like
0: what they can do. One of two things: they can go out <laughs> on their own way and do their own style, and fuck up the vibe, <clears throat> or else they can go too too a. Uh, too like not narrow, but not not broad enough. to you're like, what was yeah. the point of him to reckon that? There's no change in it at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's, if you're not gonna fuck with it, there's no point in doing it. You know. Because I know that can't... like
0: Simpsons had guest writers for an yes. episode, That's right? Write a whole episode like Ricky Gervais would write an episode. That's right. Yeah, or, or something like that. Um, That's right. His a one, lot his lot people, one, yeah. his episode's actually alright. of the Simpsons. I Ricky, G- Ricky, Ricky Gervais
1: has his moments. Like he has his moments. Um, yeah. I I don't mind them. I, I actually. From what I know, uh, what I've seen of him, uh, personality wise, he seems perfectly fine. I just don't find his stand up that funny. Um,
0: I don't it's, find it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's kind of dressed up lowbrow humor, Eve. Kind of, yeah. It's just because, yeah, it's, it's a taco. It's, he fucking hates fat people, man. Hates them, yeah. yeah and he's not skinny, he's not skinny, either. That's, yeah, and he only got skinny when he got like his own little fucking chef or, uh. What do you call it? Fitness guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that um afterlife show was very good. I like that. The second season not as good as the fourth one, boys. Season, I did enjoy season
0: it. two, season, season two looked like it was thrown together. Yeah, written, written on set. Season yeah. one is... Yeah, season really one
1: easy. definitely has bits that fantastic, but well, two yeah. has its moments. But as a whole, it's it's whatever. Heavy on the grim but that's yeah it's, it's definitely 70% grim like, like both of them <laughs> with 10% comedy and the rest of it is just filler yeah. whatever people sitting in graveyards talking uh, the meaning of life is probably the remaining the remaining 20% you know and that actually uh, comes right back around to
0: grim people sitting in graveyards Rob Zombie
1: exactly yeah but listen <laughs> that, that that's Rob Zombie uh, Robert Partley Cummings um, started making his
0: own videos in 1998 yeah.
1: I guarantee he done stuff so before I guarantee it um, so the average,
0: to, the average, the average, the uh, average like music video is three minutes long. Yeah. So he just has to do what sixty of them? Maybe, maybe. But like no, not sixty. Uh, third, I don't know. How many times does four minutes go into ninety? Someone do the math there. Not doing that. That's how many. I to to was about he
1: to say twelve. Um. <laughs> yeah but i think that loads of the, the loads of his rob zombie videos have like intros and outros as well they were a bit trillery right? oh
0: yeah yeah well he's mad into russ moyer and all that isn't yeah he? yeah He gets yeah. all the uh the samples from the early things
1: yeah, yeah exactly look he's his heart's in the right place he just he's following a little passion is which is great and he's one of the only people that actually um realistically got to do it properly when you think of like the should music, it should the have film,
0: shouldn't have been given the shouldn't have been given the Halloween franchise. I which think, thankfully came back with a bang. With a period. little banger there,
1: yeah, a little killer. Oh, it's
0: great. Yeah, it's super. Great.
1: The fucking. Well, do you know what that movie? What the best thing about that movie was? If you remember the first trailer they released, and um, the first trailer they released was the first. The trailer was like ten minutes long or something like that, or maybe seven minutes long, and it was literally the first seven minutes of the movie. That's how good the movie was. That they didn't have yeah. to chop up chop it up to make a trailer they just took the first seven minutes of that movie when the <laughs> fucking the internet blogger fucking dopes are pulling up to the mental institution when they pull yeah. up from from literally that bit that's how yeah. the movie starts up until fucking when you see him and uh, fucking the crow starts squawking or whatever the fuck happens and that's the trailer and it was fu- I, I remember
0: so good they didn't try to do it mad at that film they just did it just normally it. now it's not super uh, experimental. 'cause it's not supposed to be. No, it's not. Don't really like, keep an experiment and I'm trying to fresh things up. Yeah. Remember it's from, set after the second one, isn't it? In the late 90s and 2000s, horror movies started to have like rap soundtracks. Oh. In fact, the other day I was researching some stuff for something else and Maniac Cop 2 has a mm. Maniac Cop rap. Oh. Anyway. There shouldn't
1: be a Maniac Cop 2 in the first place.
0: Well, I'm thinking of like when are they going to make that fucking new fucking series? I want that. It's one of my favorite things ever. Maniac don't cop. give it to Rob Zombie. Jesus Christ, don't give it to Rob Zombie. Wasn't no the Force Maniac?
1: Cop. Wasn't the Force Maniac cop Bruce Campbell?
0: He was in that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's Robert Tsar. Right. Robert Sar yeah. died a few years ago, so he won't be able mm. to be. uh explain. that's
1: right. That's yeah. uh, Anyway, that was him. Who is your next one?
0: My next one is Michael Romance. Mm. Famous Last Words. Famous last words, or something about writing and being Wreck famous. Them. Very good. So yeah, everyone knows Michael McGromance are the well-known emo rocker kids from New Jersey who kind of came yeah, and went. Central, central uh, fucking bankers, central yeah. bankers. They came and went, selling nine million albums in the in the short, uh, short enough time they were together. Well, yeah. actually, it's not that short. It's fucking months. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't they were um they were actually due to play in about twenty yeah. days from now. That's right. Sold out gig in Kilmainum, that's obviously not gonna happen.
1: No. They rescheduled it for um, next year, the whole world tour think things pushed off for next year.
0: Next year, yeah. yeah. Oh granted. Well, um so after graduating high school, the singer Jared Way decided to pursue a career in the comic book industry, as you mm. well know. Mm. Um he attended and <laughs> went, hmm, yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah no, yeah. <laughs> No, thank you though for though I appreciate We're good like that. We always we don't go yeah no, yeah. Imagine imagine we did that in this podcast. Yeah, and then don't yeah. do this and that and yeah, this. I know, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. He's <laughs> 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 fucking shy. Yeah, you, I know, man, what are you telling me for? I know this. Yeah, we're doing a podcast though. Yeah, but I know. <laughs> yeah. But I know. There's no one else here. There's literally no one else here. Who are you telling? <laughs> so anyway, uh, he attended the School of Visual Arts in New York City and graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in 1999. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, no. A year later, he was working for the Cartoon Network in New York City when the 9/11 attacks happened. So, to deal with the emotional effects that the attacks had um he uh, put himself a little bit back into music. Uh, and he said that he wanted to see the world. He goes, fuck it, I'm going to give this a go. So he wrote the lyrics f- uh, to the song Skylines and Turnstiles, which became the first song Mike Romance ever wrote and, and came out with. So they blew up and exploded, mostly with the second album. I think the first album was big, but it wasn't. Yeah, second, second, second was album. Second album. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Fuck and, I don't know. Three cheers. Three cheers. What was the second one? The
1: first bad. one is fuck my life. I can't remember bloody well it has it has skylines and touristy yeah. on second one is, is i'm not them. okay it's not okay yeah. on that which to
0: no, be yeah so they blew up and his career in comic book was put on the back burner until 2007 which was a year after the black parade so still while he was in my comic romance yeah their biggest the phase stuff. as well like yeah 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 definitely when they were at their peak yeah, yeah. he co-founded dc comics young animal imprint and he released, as you know, the Umbrella Academy through through the DC uh, subsidiary. Mm. It won the 2008 Eisner Award, which is presumably some big comic thing.
1: The Eisner Award is like the biggest comic award you can get, yeah.
0: Yeah, that won like was the Oscars for a comic. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ray Grant. That won. Uh, yeah, I knew it was big, but yeah, I was yeah. gonna. You know, I'll just, well, instead of instead of I'll just wake up, Gareth, and what that is. <laughs> uh, best finite series, best limited season, and uh, it was subsequently turned into a Netflix season That's series. That's right, yeah. Really, really liked it. was fun, it was really yeah. Fun, uh, fun. Second one's due out soon, I think. Second season's due out of the geo, way. Yeah, next month. Yeah. I don't know if it'll definitely come out now or what the story is. But no, I think it's made it the trailer did. and all came out the other day. Oh, Grant, Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has also written for the Doom Patrol series.
1: That's right. That's it's cool. Not, which is not a good television show. <laughs> no, <laughs> they didn't. That's not didn't, a good That didn't work now. No that didn't work. They didn't. two seasons,
0: isn't it? Or it was it, it was Brendan not Fraser
1: is in that? Like is he Yeah, he's the voice of Robot man. Uh it's fucking mental. That that spun off out of uh Teen Titans. Teen Titans that was Titans was Titans. Yeah. Not Titans, Teen Titans yeah. just Titans yeah. was good. The first yeah. seasons great. The second one is wherever Whatever. Yeah,
0: like, I haven't watched. It. I'm going to leave. It. I'm not going to bother. Don't me. stop it at Look, he's always seemed much happier than comics. Because when he was in MCR, he was an absolute druggy, alcoholic mess. Yeah. To be honest, which yeah. he admits. Really, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. he was. You know, he's a bit mad. Um, I know. He, I, yeah. He, he
1: hosts like a weekly Dungeons, and he's an f- absolute nerd. Like, yeah. An absolute fucking nerd. The fact that he was <laughs> in like one of the biggest kind of rock and roll bands like of its era like yeah. a proper stadium-filling band with like yeah. solos and guitars and banging drums and screaming and shouting about fucking dying and killing people and cancer or whatever. Yeah. And then <laughs> going home and rolling 12-sided dice, do you know what I mean, to relax? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're you're, yeah. you're, you're, fucking, you're elven your elven uh, fucking arrow-wielding warrior enters a cave. It's a fucking snake down one (laughs) end of it and a fucking troll down the other one. How do
0: you want to proceed? And and he just played to like... 30,000 people Exactly, like 20,
1: 20, 000, 000 fucking punters yeah. screaming. All little girls with fucking purple hair and purple eyeliner wearing wedding dresses and shit. And black, black sweatpants. the
0: artwork, all the artwork for the albums, didn't he, as a- I think
1: so. He's a very good artist. I, know, yeah. I think yeah, when, if I remember correctly, if I remember me bullshit correctly, um, while he was working for Cartoon Network, do, uh, around around nine eleven, he was also, I think he was coming back from... The school called the Cupert School of Comics, which is like one of the most famous kind of comic art schools in the world. Yeah. And, um, I think he was doing like night classes or day class. So he did doing some sort of classes there. I don't fucking know. And he was coming back from there or going there when the planes crashed and he's seen it right. firsthand. And that's when he went, fuck this shit. I kind of want to get he out and see he here. He uh,
0: also mugged at gunpoint when he was 15.
1: There you go. He, he, lives, in, was, he lives in North Carolina now. Um. And on, on like but he a seems firm. a lot fucking happier doing this as well but he's definitely happier because he's fucking eating food see the size of him he's eating all the food <laughs> he's fucking lo- living well he is living well that's how he is he's not going to fit <laughs> Mc- into that Mc- Chemical Rum <laughs> yeah he's not he's not going to fit into that fucking marching band outfit and anyway I tell you that much but uh, they obviously <laughs> they, they, they got their shit together what was it last year they're on a once off tour um, did they do uh, it yeah they started it yeah they had done like two or three gigs um they're on a weird thing where they they put a, a post up on Facebook with just a date and then like right. a week later it was like a place and then oh. a week later it was like ticket links Teaser. and it was a like big fuck Teaser. off gig Teaser. yeah just yeah. fucking teasing into them but Well, they'd well, they done two or three gigs and they were apparently they were no, matter,
0: no matter how long that reunion lasts the comics I think are going to be his career for as long as he wants to do them that, that yeah. doesn't really have a time schedule Yeah, like he can go on doing that into his 60s or whatever exactly. like that Yeah, uh, and he probably will if he doesn't seem to, I'd say Michael kind Gromach's of nice little cash booster. Also, it's good for the fans who are all grown up with kids now, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Who is, uh, was your next one? My last one. Uh,
1: my last one is, uh, is Neil Young. And uh, this is another one where I, I, I went down one road and discovered another road. And the other yeah. road was equally as interesting, but possibly less known. Um, so I picked I
0: don't Neil know
1: Young anything I don't know what else uh, know. You you might know about one of them. You might not know that he was actually involved in it but um I picked Rockin the Free World cuz it's a fucking outrageous song. Um, so Yeah, it's great. N- Neil Young hates digital formats. He fucking hates them,
0: right?
1: <laughs> I fucking hate them. Now, he has less hatred towards like lossless formats, but MP3 is his fucking enemy. I fucking. He an audio
0: foil. Enemy. I suppose he's, if you're in a band,
1: you should be an audio foil. A yeah. Big time audio foil. Big, big, big time audio foil. I am. Um, so, so he, can you see one of the
0: guys who can tell the difference between a
1: 320 MP3 and a FLAC. He 100% can. This is his whole deal. He said that, like, whenever he listens to MP3, he said, doesn't matter what bitrate it is, it could be the highest, best quality one that everybody's yeah. toting as being the next fucking big thing. He said, always sounds like it's being played through with a little shitty speaker in a shower tune.
0: I, I can tell, like, a, a badly compressed MP3. Yeah. Yeah. Compression but, of MP3 is vicious on music. Yes. It makes it, it does, like, People go, you can't tell the <coughs> difference if, you, like, if you do music, you actually can't tell. You, can, you can yeah. There's little, there's warmth, little things you can pick out. The warmth taken out of it. Yeah, the warmth has been taken out. A lot of time, not always, but. Yeah. I remember
1: reading a thing before about MP3s, and basically what they said was, uh, if you if you're using like a lossless format, right, like a CD or a record, now there's no such, really no such thing as a lossless format, kind of. Yeah. Um, but. Let's, let's just say lossless pharma for the sake of it. So you're using, yeah. uh, flack or you're using, uh, CD Have, or you're uh, using yeah. wave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, or vinyl or whatever. The whole idea is that if you had an entire symphony orchestra playing and you recorded it and while that orchestra are playing, you took a pin and dropped it on the floor somewhere in the information recorded, the noise of that pin hitting the floor is in there, right? With, yeah. m- with MP3s. That noise doesn't exist. So basically what it is, it just takes like, if you, if you think of a fucking brick wall and the brick wall is the audio, what they do with MP3 is, is they take like the bottom fucking eight bricks out of it and leave the top four because the top four are the ones on top of it. They're the ones that matter. So
0: yeah, there's a good, there's a good scope of, uh, EQ bands that are not getting through. They're like just them. not there,
1: exactly. So that, that's yeah. the way it was always, uh, that I read and the way it was explained to me that like when something's recorded losslessly and presented on a format that has like fucking little to no compression or very minimal compression anyway, um, everything is in there. Every single thing is in there um, somewhere. And if you've got a good enough fucking EQ band and a good enough engineer, you'll be able to find it in there. It's a needle in a haystack, literally. But you will be able to yeah. find it. But with MP3s, it's gone. So he fucking hates MP3s. So a couple of years ago, uh, I think it was, fucking was it 2014, 2014, 2014, he formed a company called Pono Music. P-O-N-O, Pono Music. And Pono Music's whole fucking deal was, he wanted to create a lossless audio format that would kind of rival and destroy mp3 right so it has to be small like small enough kind of small but it had to be losses was the whole thing so they were right. adding compression i think but it was extraordinarily minimal but the whole gimmick to pono music was going to be a device called the pono right And the pono right. was like a mp3 player you know it was a right. pocket audio player um, I remember when it got released. I was very interested in it. It was it sounded fucking incredible. Um, it came with the, the biggest issue was because he was creating his own format. It was proprietary format, right? So they had to launch their own fucking kind of uh, app store for getting music. You know, their own yeah. music site. And I think what they do was they, when you bought the Pono player, you got like software mm-hmm. to rip your CDs or your records that would put them into that format that the oh, Pono was play. Grief of it. It was an absolute audio foil fucking thing. It wasn't designed. It wasn't like made. To could you
0: point that. put put flax on your like MP3 like music player? So a, player lot, a lot, player player. Play a lot of them wouldn't, wouldn't play
1: flax. A lot of them wouldn't play flax. Yeah, a lot them. Um, a lot of them wouldn't. There's too system, inten- uh, system intensive to fucking decode them. And play I
0: suppose them. in this day and age, we don't need MP3s anymore. Not particularly with the, inter, with, the, with the storages we have on the internet speeds, yeah. You shouldn't really be listening to like obviously Spotify. Shout out to Spotify, <laughs> yeah. Uh, have three different, la- like low, medium, and high quality. Think, what's that top on 320?
1: Listen. I think it's 320. Uh, is I think it's one. supposed
0: to be higher. It's supposed to be, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's not supposed to be a different, I don't know. Either way, but,
1: I, I think they worked so out with, I so think good it was hard. one, one, two, eight one two five and three twenty around round about right. in their in their own terms because I don't know whether they actually use MP3. I don't know. Um mm. <laughs> I'm sure they have their own fucking system, like you said, their own kind of proprietary format as well. Yeah. That only plays on the Spotify app.
0: Um that's what I think it is. So I don't yeah. think it's MP3. So yeah yeah it's I don't think it is MP3. That, yeah.
1: But I, I think I, I think I read somewhere that that's someone had worked out that's roughly comparable. Would be yeah, like, around yeah. three twenty, around two five, six, around one twenty eight. Um but so he wanted to launch this Pono player, but pff, like a lot of audiophiles were very interested in the idea that they could, uh, like, they'd have their main hi-fi at home for listening to stuff. But if the stuff they wanted to listen to on the go, because yeah. the thing about like kind of big audiophile is that they listen to music, yeah, but they ha- they definitely have their favorite fucking hundred albums that they just listen to over and over oh, and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. And they're almost studying those albums. They're trying to find mistakes they're trying to find yeah,
0: some of their favourite albums aren't their favourite albums musically no like they're just far like from- whoa listen to that yeah exactly like, like the audio files go on about um, Daft Punk's last album yes that's right Not that's a phenomenally right. great album by any stretch of yeah but the album. way it's made
1: yeah it is, but yeah. it
0: does sound outrageously exactly
1: good. that and the fourth Rage Against the Machine Album are, are the albums that audio foil kind of like yeah. hi-fi enthusiasts use to balance records or sorry reuse to balance their systems so even if somebody's going to be listening to classical music they will still get a copy an original pressing of the first Rage Against the Machine album and sit there and they'll use that then to balance their EQ and where their speakers should be even if they've yeah. no interest in that band they hate that band they're not listening to the music they're listening to the frequencies and the tonal variance that's being recorded
0: how can you hate that if you, if you don't like that album <laughs> you away. you
1: could be, dealing totally with it. Away. It could be dealing with Neil Young fans you know what I mean you, you wouldn't <laughs> fucking know <laughs> um, you wouldn't know but uh, it, listen it all turned to show you, uh, a couple of years after in 2017 the company that handled their kind of their music store their online music store was a company called Omniphone and they were bought by Apple and just crushed oh yeah um, Apple bought them and just said get fucked so oh. uh, they stopped making the Pono around then now they're still kind of supporting the Pono can you, can you buy a Pono? yeah you can you can still buy them dear? Um, they they're mad money here yeah. Mad money. They are like, I think between four and 700 quid, depending on what size hard disk you want them. Uh, because like I said, they're designed for fucking hi-fi enthusiasts. They're not for fucking your average Joe who just wants to listen to music on the bus on the way to work. Uh, but yeah, mm. Omni was bought by Apple and destroyed. Uh, Pono, they stopped making them, but they're still kind of supporting them. Their website has said under construction since 2018. So it right. could, could well be gone by now. But that's the Pono, right? That's what I was, was going to talk about. And it's still kind of interesting that Neil Young was heavily Oh, that's involved. not the one. That's not the fucking one. That is not the one. Here's what I found out while researching the panel. That Neil Young is part owner of a company called Lionel. And Lionel make model trains. Neil oh Young my. is fucking obsessed with model railways. Is fucking ob. Obsessed, right? So he's that good at model railways and fucking railway sets and fucking like, the big things that weirdos have in their attics. He's so obsessed with this that he actually brought that company back from the like, brink
0: of bankruptcy. Oh, he, he was probably a fan. They were going, on he there. was it's a like, big, he was no a big way, fan. I won't have that. Exactly, Here's a cash that's, exa-
1: that's exactly what happened. But part of the deal of him buying into this company was that he had to be very involved in their day to day stuff because he had loads of ideas. So, apparently, one of the things that turned him around is that they changed their he
0: Billy, of- he Billy Corgan's the, the railway, exactly. Yeah. yeah, models, <laughs> yes.
1: Billy, Billy Corgan a <laughs> fucking model railways. <laughs> and uh, his whole thing was uh, he wanted to be heavily involved in it, and apparently one of the things that turned this company Lionel around was they brought in this new control system, like one of the audio player exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you'll see sometimes you'll see you might see a video online of some people who have like their entire attic converted into fucking Austria and its fucking train lines, and you'll see yeah. these big fucking looks like a cross between like a, a DJ controller and a mixer. That they use for controlling the trains.
0: Oh, all the trains, all the yeah, lights, and, exactly, and even yeah. the building lights, and exactly, the yeah.
1: So he ice cream, all of it, exactly. All, it. all, the, all the animatronics and the smoke <laughs> and all that shit. But he was instrumental in the reworking of the control system to the point where now that control system is considered to be like possibly the best one in the world in the model railway fucking scene. And
0: better now, than
1: Hornby. Better than Hornby. Hornby is actually if I remember correctly. Hornby is now owned by Games Workshop, who make Warhammer. Um, really yeah they bought them i'm pretty sure it was hornby they bought um about 10 15 years ago they bought hornby and um, because they wanted
0: it oh the, the same grass same and, shite, and like
1: yeah I, I think what they wanted same. they the reason they bought them was hornby used this uh injection mold processing for making the shells to the trains that was like super high tech and it right. was only the only companies in the world that had it where uh these companies in china but like the the tax and duty and shipping and all the stuff was kind of fucking crazy back and forth from China. And, yeah. uh, so they found out Hornby was up for sale. They bought Hornby just to get a hold of these machines for fucking making space marines and spaceships and all this type of shit. And it turns out, like, there was still a good market in Hornby. So I think they still, as far as I know, it's Hornby. They still make no. the trains and all this shit. But, um, so, yeah. he's, he's oh. been, inst- uh, sorry, he was instrumental in that control system. But Neil Young personally holds seven US patents for model train, um, like innovation so
0: that's mad seven he's u.s not, paints not the only one into model trains because we found out recently someone who's extraordinarily mad into them yeah it as a secret for years mm. no, I like i wouldn't have the money or time uh rod stewart this whole oh. time William, for the last 20 years or so has been bringing cases with him so when he finishes a gig he goes back to the hotel room and paints up like a little shop yeah. corner or something like that <laughs> eventually when yeah, really, we talked about the world, that yeah and has absolutely incredible looking piece of yeah. like railway set or like kind of looks like a kind of new york kind of cityscape sort of thing with a, really? a like a train that's crazy so i'd be mad and, into that i'm not gonna yeah. lie i'd be avoid, avoid like tour, a big gaff. tour with neil young and interesting uh, that's it yeah sing songs about railway stations backstage
1: put the big hats on them Fucking yeah. leaning over, having all their little, all their little all their road, road techs and fucking roadies and all, running up the hotel room, <laughs> and putting the fucking desks out and putting everything together. Everything's on six by fours and they're putting it together. I was like, oh, where are we going to go tonight? Oh, we're going to go to the Vienna, Neil. We're going to Vienna. Yeah. The difference it's,
0: between them and what Little John gets up to. Fucking, yeah. A I start stark out,
1: contrast. I personally might be more interested in what Neil Young gets, gets up to. Um, yeah. and that, that grim fucking that grim horrific industry um, <laughs> like listen porns grab are two minutes it? you know what I mean after yeah. that you have to live with the filth guilt
0: of what you've just done railway, what stuff, just railway stuff, railway stuff you just seen evergreen to put more, you end up with more glue all over you but like it's <laughs> worth putting the time and effort into. or
1: wholesome yeah that's yeah. it uh, holds its value for longer as well than a wank yeah uh, who is your next one or your last one isn't
0: it mine will be even my last one yeah, yeah. And uh, I've chosen Bad Religion, Eat Your Dog. Mm. So continuing on in the trend of California punk band singers having degrees yep. and doctorates and PhDs, we should talk about Bad Religion's frontman, Greg Graffin. Mm. Um, so Bad Religion, obviously, just a quick background, are obviously an incredibly important uh, punk band. We've sold about 5 million albums. Mm. Uh, they've had 17 studio albums alone. But Greg Graffin has a PhD in zoology. Wow. Not only that, it's not just education or a hobby. He's actually lectured at the University of California and Cornell. And Cornell is actually where he got his PhD. Um, he's written books on evolution and religion. He has a book called Anarchy Evolution, which is the best mix of bad religion and zoology yeah. I think you're ever going to get. Anarchy Evolution. He's very cleverly titled. The name of something like in your band, and it's also what you do here yeah he's crazy into this and he like i think does he still do it he does still do it occasionally Well, mm-hmm. for a while when bad uh religion let's say bad company when bad company weren't <laughs> a completely different band weren't playing gigs greg graffin was off doing all these lectures in a yeah. uh, in california and he's also mad into kind of a lot of people in science don't like using the term atheism I've yes. noticed that when I was talking about Brian Cox as well, I was reading about him as well. He doesn't really, they definitely are, are not religious. You can't know that much about the world and then go, oh, Jesus! Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So he has a lot of books about um, religion and how it ties into uh, evolution as well as that, presumably how it, it doesn't really tie into it at all. And um, in 2011 a new type of species well a new a new type of extinct bird you can still have that that's a thing yeah. a new type of a dead thing yeah uh, it was na- a board was named the Quilani graffini <laughs> um after him for his contribution to evolutionary biology his public outreach to music and his inspiration to young scientists around the world it's
1: very hill cool.
0: Bad Religion, yeah, he's he knows fucking he knows a shit about animals and evolution and all that stuff. Here's, here's a little anyway. side one. Here's a little yep. side
1: thing for you that's going to link back to something you already talked about. So you right. talked about Offspring, yeah, and that album Smash. That yes. album Smash came out on Epitaph Records. Yes. Now who owns Epitaph Records? Him, Brett Gorowitz. who's the guitarist from Bad Religion. Really, he owns Epitaph Records. Yeah. So he must have made a mint off smash. All the money in the entire world. Like, 11
0: million copies. Like, like the, uh, fact that the fact that they didn't have to sell that off to a different company. Go- well, did they have to like production?
1: I think well, would have been bought. Yeah. Eventually, the back catalogue would have been bought, but Epitaph would still right. retain the rights to press it. Now, Epitaph also had no effects, and Pennywise, Rancid. Outcome yeah. the Wolves was on Epitaph as well, by Rancid. So uh, Epitaph is almost responsible for that entire... When the big early 90s punk uprising that record There it
0: level. was because like, a, lot, a lot of these bands Bad Religion Green Day uh, even Offspring yeah, were all going from the early 80s oh yeah and yeah. it was only in like 10 years later someone went oh shit this is kicking off because of Green Day Ducky surely yeah, yeah of exactly
1: that. well I think Dookie and Smash and Outcome of the Wolves all came out in the same year like oh, Epitaph I Think so, if not, they were all within like 16 18 months of each other. Like, yeah. uh, Epitaph started in 1980, and like, I'm looking through the list of bands that they've had. Uh, fuck me, Alkaline Trio, Converge, Descendants, Every Time I Die, Green Day, and the first two albums. Uh, Lawrence Arms, The Messengers, are big now. Mill and Colin, who was our boys with Kemp that we talk about all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, Pennywise, Propagandy, Quicksand. Raised fist, refused. Uh, fucking refused
0: have to be now one of the biggest punk bands in the world as of now. I don't
1: know. I think they kind of fucked off for a while and fucked themselves over. Um, social distortion. Am I thinking Jesus. of refused? What am I thinking of? Refused are the fucking New Noise band. Um, they had one <laughs> giant fucking song. Uh, new Noise was, was the name, but refused. They'd be big. They'd be big. They'd be um, along the same lines. Yeah. Like what are you thinking,
0: thinking of that band? Are? Rise Against is who I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, Rise,
1: Rise Against Jesus. were on uh, They were on Epitaph as well. Yeah. I got, I mean, if I go into their former artists, Agnostic Front, uh, uh, Bob Logg, The Tords that we talked about before, Serving oh, yeah? Jerks, The Cramps, uh, Dag Nasty, Dead by Stereo, The Distillers, Down by Law, The Dwarves, Frank Turner, uh, Gallows. That uh, reads
0: like the who's who of punk, yeah, In the California, Hell is area.
1: for Heroes, The Hooves, Hot Water Music. Uh, he has a couple of weird ones here: L Seven, Lettermouth, Madball, um, Newfound Glory, Nick Cave. That's
0: a side. That's a side job, but it's music related, so exactly. it's not really.
1: Yeah, it's, Nick, it's not getting on the list. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds put albums out with him. Uh, Jesus, No Effects, uh, Poison Idea, Rancid. Uh, they actually Rancid owned their own kind of imprint called Hellcat Records. That's part of. Part right. of uh Satanic Surfers. Fuck me, yeah. like the list is Jesus Christ. The Vandals, Voodoo Glow Schools, Weezer. Weezer on on, on Epitaph. Uh, Still? Yeah, they're they're um fucking they're, they have one of them co-sign jobs where Atlantic Records and Epitaph. Just putting out yeah.
0: bad cover albums now. Yeah,
1: Turbo, Turbo Negro as well. The list is fucking outrageous for Epitaph. Yeah, that's so right. like you can they're in, an incredibly important. Uh, record label still considered to be an independent record
0: label because it's uh, has one owner That yeah well that's presumably that's uh, smash was the biggest one that came out of oh, you initially it, well, <coughs> you
1: would have to assume that it was fucking yeah. it was was smash well
0: well well frontman greg graffin is off learning about evolution and zoology and boards and bees and yeah evolution.
1: It would have to be. Yeah. I think well, one of the was, uh, lads was one of the lads from Bad Religion was in uh, Minor Threat as well. I can't remember one of the other guys from Bad Religion was in Minor Threat. Um, could be in the drummer. I can't. I can't. Me life. I can't fucking remember. They're all
0: hanging around each other and uh, what's the word? Uh, in <laughs> incestuous. Yeah, yeah, but that's the all same. A lot, a lot of those bands much, are much like uh, Little John's second uh, film or Icon's <laughs> entire. I, <Icon. laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like icon city like, yeah, yeah. C. that was a uh, that was our uh, i always found that very interesting actually. That was, like, yeah, a lot of, uh, lot of fucking stuff to talk about side, there, side, side cool. jobs or yeah. else previous jobs that were very important or else just massive uh, uh what do you call it higher level qualifications and abilities yeah. that these people have yeah. outside of their musical
1: superpowers Yeah, yeah, not far off superpowers yeah that was it Uh, we will be back on Saturday for our radio show as normal and we will be back next Monday with another podcast Uh, you can support us on patreon.com forward slash lost our podcast it's $5 a month that gets you access to a lot of exclusive stuff Um, if you don't want to do that that's fine go to facebook.com forward slash lost art podcast Uh we're making a website at the moment it's just going to be lostartpodcast.com Uh there, there probably won't be much on it let's be honest it's it's mostly going to be yeah. like a launch pad for all of our different links to all of our different sites and because sometimes yeah, somebody it's will ask a t- you a tidy,
0: a, tidy little, a tidy little place to put everything yeah, though, yeah.
1: that's a little kind of book hole, bookmark of fucking where we are on the internet because sometimes somebody will ask you know where's your podcast and they go like what do you mean where's our podcast like like, what, what's the answer
0: to that? Like they're, in, on the, they're, in the, they're in the podcast yeah. zone. Where the what podcasts are. I don't How do you, know.
1: Where, where, exactly. Yeah. Like, fucking, where's your podcast? You send us the address to your podcast. I don't know the address to the fucking podcast. It's man? like if you had
0: your own uh, Apple company. Where's your Apple's? I don't know, Super Value? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so, uh, like, just go to wherever you get your apples. Like, mine yeah, are there yeah. as well. Like, yeah, we're I are on be
0: fucking delivering this to you. <laughs>
1: I, I said that to somebody once. They were like, you know, you know where do we get your podcast? I was like, well, you know, on your podcast app. They're like, what do you mean? So where do you get your podcasts? So like we don't know. So, that do means
0: we're going to be the first podcast they ever listened to. That's cool. It has cool. to be. It has to be.
1: Yeah. Like it really has to be. Yeah.
0: But, anyway, but, um uh, don't forget to listen to our last episode as well, which it was, very was good. um the last really the last few have
1: been to top notch, I have to say. I've been I've yeah. been I've been impressing, um I've I've I've, I've been impressed with ourselves. The last yeah, we them.
0: have we've been knocking it out a park considering yeah. we're like we're doing this remotely. Yeah. But uh, do this and please share while if you're listening to this section of it, just immediately share out because the podcast is obviously over. Uh, as soon as you're done listening to yeah. us ranting towards the end, do share this out. It helps a huge amount. Um, Big time. So Big yeah, time. thanks for thanks, thanks for, for listening. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Yeah.